You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC Conroe and worldwide on the IRLoneStar.com. Welcome to Keeping Up with Conroe, hosted by Visit Conroe. I'm Jody. I'm Shannon. And we are here to highlight upcoming events and local businesses in the area. We are here live the second Tuesday of every month at 11 a.m. And after the show airs, we will post on Facebook podcast and all the fun stuff so tune in regularly to keeping up with conroe it's cold today it is cold <laughs> and it's kind of chilly in here too thanks dick so yes, but I mean, uh you know i like it the sun's out it's sun beautiful out. day there's no snow on the ground <laughs> not here yes that ever is here conroe it, missed out on the fun y'all stuff. didn't get any at all no some rain we got some mm. rain and some mud well, we got six inches in College yeah. Station, so yeah. It was a very white Sunday for you. Uh-huh. It was really pretty. Now I'm over it. It right. needs to go away. <laughs> yes. It's melting today, so that'll be good. But yeah, yeah we've got, a, a, I kind of yeah. like a new year. Yes. We're kind of starting off fresh. We've got lots going on. Yeah. Kind of a new new things to talk about. We've yes. got a couple new guests with us that yeah. um, I think we've had Jack before. We have. Jack Dumarat with uh, Houston Money Shows here. He'll be talking to us about his event that is this month. Yes. And then we've got um, two guys from a couple of wineries yeah. in this region. So Our that'll be pastime. That'll be kind of fun to talk to them and see what they've got going on. Yeah. But Let's just jump right into yes. the Houston Money Show. Welcome, Jack. Good morning. Glad you're here. It's nice to be here again. Yeah. yeah. So the Houston Money Show, tell us a little bit about it. You've been here now. Is this your third? This is our fourth, fourth year. year. Wow. Fourth yeah. year. And it's been a great event for our community. We love it. So tell it's, us a little. It's not. It's the fourth year here, but it's been going on for years. Yeah, this is our 64th show, and it's been in several different venues. Uh, most recently, before Conroe, we were downtown at the George H. Brown, that huge, expensive, dangerous <laughs> <laughs> place. And we were looking for a new venue. And we looked all over and came across uh, the Lone Star mm-hmm. in Conroe. And then we stumbled upon the uh, Visitors and Convention Bureau in our travels. And we've developed a really good relationship. Uh, we work very well together, I think. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, we try to put on uh, the best uh, coin show we can for the dealers, for the city of Conroe, for our club, and for the general public. Uh, it's a uh, kind of a wide-ranging selection. Uh, when I say coin collecting, it's all different kinds of uh, United States coins, foreign coins, world coins, ancient coins currency from around the world, jewelry's becoming more popular, uh, and it's a place for people uh, that are collectors to go and purchase, trade, sell, or people that are just interested in seeing something different uh, come to our show. It, it is very neat. I have to say, when I first started here and, and knew, you know, met you, and I was thinking a, a coin show, I mean, how big can that be? It has been a great event for our community because you during non-COVID times, I should say, uh, you do a lot with youth and teaching the kids, whether they're doing a scout badge or um, just want, you know, want to learn a little bit more about, about the coins and, and, and money from all over the world and historic money and all that sort of stuff. It's very, 
it, it's very interesting. It's just a great event for our community. And um, whether you're interested, what do you now? I'm going to say it wrong. Numer. Num- Num- Numis- numismatic. Num- numismatic. Um, <laughs> if you're if you're into that or not, it doesn't matter. It's just really, really cool to come and check out. So, um, well, there's some people that define coin collecting as having history in your pocket, and you know, if you think of it, uh, if you have a coin that's maybe only fairly old, 50, 60 years, is not very old in terms of world events right. you, you go to Europe and that's nothing right. you know? uh, but when you think of the possibility of who might have held that coin or in what event that coin might have been around it's interesting to kids mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of the heartbreaks of this year with the COVID that uh, we're not going to be able to have our kids activities on Saturday and uh, the reason for that and these are going to be back next year stronger than ever I'll guarantee you but uh, the reason for it is they're so popular, they just uh, would crowd the rooms and yeah. we would not be able to anywhere close be able to social distance. However, uh, we're not forgetting the kids. We have uh, had a generous gift uh, from U.S. Coins and Jewelry in Houston, and they are going to provide each kid with a, a nice little knapsack with oh. some coins, some currency, uh, a red book, red book to a coin collector is like a little Bible. It tells all about every coin, prices, this, that, and the other thing. So we're going to include the kids. And uh, I have to mention also that we just had an initiative. Uh, Shannon mentioned that our goal is education, and that, that's our sole goal is education through numismatics. And uh, we were recently able to uh, ask every librarian in the Conroe Independent School District if we could donate to their library uh, one of these red books. And uh, I spoke to the lady that's handling this project for me, and the last count I had was there were 35 schools that had been sent books to put in their library. So these are the kind of things we like to do. Uh, uh, You know, it it works for people. People also come and uh, will bring things, you know, Everybody's got a valuable coin that so-and-so left to them when they died or was in their cigar box for years. And they can bring it to the show, and it won't cost them a penny. Somebody will look at it and kind of give them a little appraisal, and uh, we'd be happy to do that. So this year, the show uh, is going to be next Friday and Saturday, the 22nd and 23rd. Opens at 9 in the morning. Uh, I, I need to tell people about our safety precautions this yes, year. Yes, please do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has just been a tremendously stressful year for, from my point. My job is uh, getting all the dealers situated in their various tables and everything, and we've had so many changes. But uh, things are there. We're ready to roll. We're going to ask the public to please be considerate of each other, be considerate of yourself, and uh, please to wear a mask when you come in the building. We're going to take temperatures upon entering. We're going to have hand sanitizer available. Uh, We have all the signage ready. We've worked diligently uh, to keep people socially distanced. So we think if everybody chips in and does their part to help, that it's going to be a very successful show. It's still going to be a lot of fun. The big thing we did this year that I'm sure everybody listening will be very happy with, we've eliminated the admission charge. 
And we did this uh, so that we can help get people from outside the door into the hall without stopping and having to congregate in the lobby. So uh, we're sold out. Our, every table is sold. We're ready to go. We have people coming from uh, literally all over the country, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Good. We are, too. Um, you answered some of my questions. I wanted to make sure we, we mentioned the times and the safety protocols that you've got in place, but also the admission fee, which is is free this year. It makes it kind of yes. nice to get, get out there. But um, yeah. I So will, how many appraisers will you have? You said you're, they're sold out. Do you know how many you'll have? Well, we have, we have 112 booths which is slightly down from last year, but not much. We left one row out just to give us a little more walking space, okay? A little more social distancing. And uh, some dealers have buddies that come and share booths with them and all this and that, Mm -hmm. but somewhere around 100 dealers. Wow. So uh, some of them specialize in certain areas and some don't. Now, Shannon mentioned the time. I just want to uh, remind everybody that Friday and Saturday both, we open at 9 a.m., and uh, on Friday, we close at 6, and on Saturday, we close at 5. Those of you that are new to going to coin shows, uh, I need to warn you, late in the afternoon on both days, uh, things start to thin out a bit. So it's much better to come uh, morning or early afternoon. I always feel bad for someone that's unfamiliar with shows like this and they come in in the last half hour and wonder why things are all gearing down. So just a, a little uh, point of advice on that, on, that end, on that end of things. Perfect. So if somebody um, is new to coin collecting and they want to come and maybe purchase some of some new coins to add to their collection, you will have dealers that will have some of their coins that they're ready to sell, correct? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, sometimes the opposite happens that people that are fairly new to something like this get overwhelmed because there's so many. It's I a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Shannon was there, and there's a lot of tables, <laughs> yes. a lot of booths. And uh, I can remember when I first started in uh, working with coin shows, I would go to some of the bigger shows in the country, and I'd walk in, and I was overwhelmed. You don't right. know where to start. Uh, however, there's something for everyone. You know, If people will just ask a question, uh, if they would just come in and ask one, everybody that in our club uh, has a blue shirt on, and we're going to have blue masks on with our logo. So those are the volunteers, and you can ask any one of them any kind of question. Uh, some people that have been coming to shows for years know exactly where the dealer they like has their right. table every year, so they, you know, they're they're in a, at an advantage. Somebody who's fairly new, I have a lot of people call me on the phone, and I told them when you come to the show, just ask for Jack. And they come to the show, they ask for Jack, and they say, who has this kind of coin or who's good to talk to with this? And I kind of point them in a direction and get them started. So no one should feel uncomfortable. Uh, some people, uh, which are very specialized collectors, uh, sometimes they can't even find what they're looking for. Uh, other people, if they're collecting in general, can find multiples of what they're looking for. Okay. People can also come to uh, some people... Uh, come to sell. They have uh, specifically gold or silver, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a very good place to sell. Uh, I can vouch for the integrity of 99.9% of the people that I know there, uh, and uh, they're going to get an honest evaluation of their coin collection. 
Yeah, and there's some other things there too, like co- other collectible type stuff. I've seen, like you mentioned jewelry, but there's some sports memorabilia. I think I saw some comic books one year. Yeah. So there's some other collectibles too that, you know, just kind of surprising to find. You know, I guess if some people collect uh, coins, uh, very very well they could collect some other things too so it's just kind of neat to see um the different uh different booths and and all the different things Absolutely. that you can uh, see you never quite know what you're going to see sometimes people bring unusual things uh the, the only thing we have a restriction on is we don't allow anything inappropriate and uh, the other thing that we do ask is that they try to keep it at least half of their inventory be coins sure because we want to keep the integrity that it's a coin show we don't want right. it to turn into right. a a flea market. There's right. a place for a flea market, but that's not what we're doing. So, um, yeah, it, it's real interesting. Watches are getting very popular. Ladies' jewelry is getting very popular. We have several uh, lady dealers that uh, have beautiful jewelry. Um, and so, yes, you mentioned right. that you know this is for your club. So if someone were interested and just didn't know how to plug in and and maybe they stopped by this... this um, money show but then they wanted to get more involved i guess they could pick up some more information about the the club as well and whether what other activities do y'all do throughout sure. the year well this is our major activity uh unfortunately covid has uh, <laughs> ended our face-to-face club meetings we sure. usually meet yeah. once a month and like i said most of it is uh, educational we usually have about an hour-long educational program at our meetings we have a coin quiz we give a little prize away we have <laughs> sounds like little kids the activity but we do a show and tell uh which you know people will bring a coin in that they bought or a coin they found or a coin that was uh given to them and uh by an, uh, a grandmother or grandfather sure. something like that with an interesting story and uh sometimes we have a little auction we have not been able to do that but we still meet once a month on zoom uh, last year when I was sitting here talking, if you had ever told me I'd be a Zoom person, <laughs> I would have laughed like <laughs> right. you're doing. But we hold all our meetings by Zoom, and believe it or not, we're, we have 25, 30, 35 people. We have every facet of our meeting that we would normally have except the social, right. it, which sure. is a big part, right. believe me. But we do our executive committee meetings. But to answer your question, Shannon, about... Uh, if people are interested, uh, we do have at the show a uh, little registration forms. Oh, good. And we're going to just kind of leave them on a table there this year instead of stopping people to give them to them. But they can leave their name and an email with us, and uh, we'll get a hold of them if they would like uh, further information on our club. We also have a, a nice website we've been working on and trying to update a little bit. It's uh, Houston coinclub.org org and it has links to the Houston Money Show and it tells you a little bit about the club tells you our philosophy shows you uh, some of the people that are involved there so uh, and they could click you know send for more information or whatever through the website yeah. in my, case they can't make it to the money my show my personal email is on that website and they can uh, email me or call me and I'd be more than happy to discuss the club or coins in general with anybody Good. Do you have anything else you want to share? Make sure we get out. I, I wanted to say the first year that I was here that uh, that y'all had the money show after I started. So I think it was probably your second year here. Um, you had the um, coffin 
that was covered in money. You know, so it seems like every year that was kind of, I mean, a special thing. They had a, a truly a, you know, full size coffin that was, you know, um, covered with money coins and yep. it was re- did you see it did, did you go out there that and see was it? it was so cool um but anyway so every year there's other things that you'll see that are kind of unique uh, uh, unfortunately yeah. the coffin won't be there this year but it was it was just kind of neat to see so you never know what my point in saying that i guess yes. is you never well, know what you're going to find out there i have a gentleman in our club that came in not too long ago that's a really good smart guy with the idea of themes uh-huh. mm-hmm. and uh, this year unfortunately again and I'm not using this as an excuse it's just the way it is with COVID and everything we were unable to be able to go through with the theme that we had thought of earlier however next year we'll be back with a theme but uh, yeah we, we try to have something unique something different like I said we have that deal with the kids this year uh, last year we had a gold raffle uh, yeah, five gold coins. Yes, that was just insane. I never knew what I was getting into when I agreed <laughs> to do it. It was crazy. The public loved it. Uh, we've had, uh, oh, I think we had a tribute to Texas one year. I remember that because I won a prize in the exhibits on that. Uh, and the the coffin that uh, Shannon's referring to. Uh, if you ever, folks, if you ever get a chance down in Houston, there's a place called the Funeral Museum. Now, when I moved here, I, I, I joined up with a church group of uh, elderly people, <laughs> or experienced people, I should say. Experienced. I like and that. One of, our, one of our little field trips, we went to the uh, Houston uh, Funeral Museum, and I said to my wife, why do I want to go to a funeral museum? This is stupid, you know? Well, we went to the funeral museum, and it was the most interesting type ex- uh, museum, and it was beautiful. It wasn't... Uh, wasn't morbid, huh? No, it wasn't morbid at all. <laughs> so w- while we were walking around, I see this coffin that is inlaid with thousands and thousands of coins, and there's a really neat story behind it. And I got to talking to this guy, and we figured out a way. We brought it up to Conroe and put it on display. We were going to do a gimmick where people could lay in the coffin. <laughs> Shannon would have signed up for I really that. wanted but we to. Decided, <laughs> we decided that we probably wouldn't do that. So, but I, I would like to say one more thing. I'd like yeah. to thank uh, the city of Conroe, and I'd like to thank the uh, Visitors and Convention Bureau, uh, who ver- very much support our show. And uh, like I said before, I think we have a good relationship with each other, and I hope that continues. Uh, yeah. Conroe's been uh, growing, I know, a lot, and we've been growing right along with them, and I hope to uh, continue that relationship. So I hope... Uh, I hope some of you listening to this uh, will make your way to the Lone Star next uh, Friday or Saturday. Uh, whether you're coin collectors or just interested, this is a year where you got to get out once in a while and do something. Yeah, it's a you uh, know if you're looking for something to do, get out. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just whether or not you are a coin collector, yeah. it is very cool to see. Yes. I mean, there are some pretty. It's just really amazing. The first time I went in, I was it's not what I expected. It's not it's, what you expect. It's, it's mm-hmm. very, very, very cool. Very family friendly. So bring your children and let them learn something. And most of the most of the dealers and uh, the, the other folks that are there, if they're not busy, they are most accommodating just to chit chat or if your kid walks up and has big eyes on something, they, they love talking to kids. 
They might even give them a little something for dropping by. You never know. But uh, they're very, very interesting people. They're very intelligent people. And uh, hope we see some of you show up. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. Whether you have kids or not, I mean, they were mm-hmm. very, uh, you know, they wanted to talk about what they do and and their passion. So it was really just neat. So absolutely, you can find more information yep. about it on our website. Visit Conroe, yep. uh, but you can also find it on HoustonCoinClub.org. That's Friday and Saturday, the 22nd and 23rd. So not this weekend, but next weekend. From 9 to 6 on Friday, 9 to 5 on Saturday. Uh, Come out there and enjoy uh, a free indoor event. Uh, All the safety protocols are there, so you have uh, no excuse to... Right. you know miss this it's a it's a great opportunity and and thank you for your kind words about the city yeah. we we feel um equally as blessed to to partner with you on this event and we're very glad that you have hopefully found a new permanent home for this event here in conroe uh, we look forward to it every year so thank yeah. you very much and thanks for coming well yes. it's been my pleasure and we will see you on the 20th first and 22nd yeah we'll come out there early and check it all out so um stick around um we're going to let jack leave uh we're gonna take a quick break stay tuned up next we'll be visiting with uh steve and alex with the sam houston wine trail you're listening to keeping up with conroe hosted by visit conroe what can the better living for texans program do for you You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at one o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 936- 
647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. And we're back. You are listening to Keeping Up with Conroe. I'm your host, Jody, And I'm Shannon. And we are with Visit Conroe. Our next guests are... Um, Steve and Alex, and they are here to talk about um, one of our favorite topics, wine. Wine, yes. So, yeah, we do promote a lot of craft beverages in our community. And um, while we only have one winery in the city, um, Blue Epiphany, Mm -hmm. um, we are part of the Sam Houston Wine Trail. Um, yes. And there are eight wineries in this region that cover us. So we're going to kind of yeah. just talk to both of you guys. So y'all can chime in. Who wants maybe tell us a little bit about the wine trail? Who wants to start? All right. Yeah, sure. All right. Alex. Yeah. My, well, first of all, I mean, talk about wine is also my favorite topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. So my name is Alex Bader. I'm the owner and winemaker of Golden Oak Microcellar. And we are located in New Waverly, Texas, which is 20 minutes from here, essentially, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, thank you, first of all, for the opportunity, you know, to come on air today. And uh, I mean, it's really exciting. We have a wine trail. The wine trail is essentially a little bit more than one year old. We formed the agreement right before Christmas of last year. Oh, really? I didn't know it was that recent. mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, the wine trail, believe it or not, the wine trail starts in Conroe with BE Winery. And then you move up to uh, New Waverly, you have Tosca uh, Vineyards, you have um, ourselves, Golden Oak Microcellar. You move further up uh, towards the west, you find uh, West Sandy Creek Winery mm-hmm. and Vineyards. They also have uh, cottages. They have a, essentially a whole valley over there. Um, you move further up north beyond Huntsville, where you find Froggy Wines. Tasha Vineyards is uh, between Huntsville and uh, Li- uh, Livingston, mm-hmm. and you meet uh, Tempe Creek in uh, uh, Livingston, Texas as well. Did I forget anybody? Of course I forgot it. So yeah. H-Wines. <laughs> okay, good morning. Okay, I'm Steve Harry. I'm a winemaker. come from France, and uh, I did wine for 28 years. And uh, I did wine in France for 25 years in Burgundy. And now i just starting in 2017 uh, my own winery in Texas. I'm starting in Cold Spring, Texas. It's uh, northeast, uh, close to Livingston. And uh, we starting 2017... Uh, because it's, it's my life to make wine. And uh, in 2019, we opened uh, another wine place. It's a wine tasting room in Montgomery. And uh, I'm on a part for the Sam Houston Wine Trail. And uh, in France, we have a lot of history. We have a lot of things. And uh, I try to help everybody to just make a promotion, more advertisement, more history. and. Again, I try to take care for everybody to explain the right way for pruning and to make a nice production of wine. And thank you today for uh, City of Conroe for yeah. the Lone Star communication. That's right. Yeah. For the radio, we are on air. It's um, very important for us because, again, we're starting one year ago, what uh, Alex explained. And uh, right now, we need to, to have a support for everybody because the wine industry in Texas growing very well. Yeah. And uh, everybody knows that uh, it's more famous, pla- famous place. It's in Fredericksburg. But right now, hopefully, we have a few wineries. And we would like to become 
a famous place on east of Texas. Why? Because we are close to Houston. Mm -hmm. It's not very far away. Perhaps uh, one hour and 40 minutes for traveling and coming to visit Earth on your nice place for of city of Conroe and uh, Montgomery with a lot of history and uh, another place where the Alex saved. And um, I'm so very proud for everybody because imagine in France when you want to starting your own wine business, it's very difficult because you need to learn at school for a long time. You need to have a minimum a degree of uh, five years of study at school to make wine and to take care for the vines. And here, Everybody have a passion, love wine, and uh, I'm so proud because imagine you wake up in the morning and said, oh, I have, a, I have a lot of space, I love wine, and tomorrow I plant some, vi some vines and I would like to do myself my production of wine. I'm so impressed for this because uh, in France we can do it because we have a lot of regulation. Sure. And uh, again, imagine for me, when I arrived here in Texas six years ago now, uh, I did not figure out I would like to do these things because normally we're staying here just only three years, just only uh, about the works for my wife because she's working on oil and gas. And after we come back, friends, because at this time I have my estate in Burgundy. And the life changed. Mm -hmm. And we decided to stay here. And I said, okay, perhaps it's the right time to have a new challenge. And I go ahead starting new wine business. And uh, we starting with my business partner, Philippe, together in 2017. And now I met a lot of people. And I'm so proud because everybody so friendly opened the art, art and said, okay, Steve, you're welcome. And now we set up this, some Houston 112, and we have another project for yeah, and, that, and that's why I guess I'm fascinated that it, that the wine trail itself has only been in existence for such a short period of time because it certainly seems like you've you've kind of made a name for yourselves. I mean, I think that the the wines are good. I can attest to that. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of a, it seems like a good cohesive group. And and yes, I mean we met not too long ago uh, with a project, an idea that you're bringing from Burgundy mm -hmm. over um, and of. I keep calling it the blessing of the wines. I can't say it as nicely <laughs> as you do. The real, say it. Okay. Alors, we would like to propose a Saint-Vincent Tournant. Yeah, I can never say <laughs> it. <but laughs> okay. Alors, it's just, uh, quickly, I, I did a resume about the story for the Saint-Vincent. Who's Saint-Vincent? It's Saint-Vincent in English. Saint-Vincent is um, official patron for the winemaker and wine grower. Okay, and usually we we did a blessing for the wine every year on 22nd in January because it's the the day for blessing of wine, and the story starting in Spain in Europe and after moving in Burgundy in France, it's very it's famous famous uh, event for the wine because Saint Vincent in his story it was monks. He's working to the vineyards and he's working with a donkey. And mm -hmm. his donkey is just eating the vines. And uh, St. Vincent said, oh, stop, uh, you destroy everything. We lost uh, the production for the grapes. And after one more year, just St. Vincent looking at the vineyard said, oh, so strange, it changed. And the vines produce 
the better quality of grapes. He said, huh, my donkey did a really great job. <laughs> and he said, okay, I think to follow what he did. And he's starting to pruning the vines. He's starting and he produced more quality for the grapes and he produced the quality for better wine. And just starting, it was in 10th century, imagine, it's very old. And uh, he said, okay, now we have the, the, the way for take care for the vines and produce a better wine. Mm -hmm. And after seven cent, he, he was blessing by the church, became a famous guy to the wine industry in France and Europe. And after the wine grower and winemaker said, okay, we need to say thank you for Saint Vincent. And Saint Vincent became the famous patron or boss for the wine grower and winemaker. And this is what I want to introduce here in Texas because I did myself um, a few research in US, nobody proposed this. So we're looking at bringing or creating an event exactly. in this wine trail yeah. to do a blessing of the wine. Exactly. Um, and we're looking to start that here in Conroe. Yeah. And um, have and it and what I love about it is it's not a wine competition. There's no competition between these wineries on this. This is more a blessing of the grapes, of the wine, of the winemaker, of the wine drinkers, of mm -hmm. everything. And uh, we're going to kind of tie it in all in downtown with uh, Sacred Heart doing the blessing and kind of create an event. Um, maybe, and what I find really fascinating is the the historic tie in with Texas and the and the wines in France. So exactly. and, which is going to be kind of a neat way to promote this history and this tradition here in Conroe as well. Yes, exactly because you know what you said again France uh, for Europe it's an uh, old fashioned for made wine for uh, it's uh, in history and uh, for me it's very important just to again what I said uh, for teach for everybody Okay, we have the things we need to say thank you for natural mover and thank you for everybody. And this is for me, it's very important because it's a part of my art. And uh, for the winemaker and wine grower, it's a, it's a deal, you know. Yeah. And uh, what you said, Sh Shannon, at this time, it's not competition. It's just only enjoy yeah. to, to have a good time. To celebrate. Celebration and thank you for all. You Be know. thankful. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. at the same time, I think we also want to put the Texas touch on it as well because you're going to see that in the uniforms that are going to be worn. Um, it's going to be, you know, cowboy style. Um, yeah, a little bit of that tradition uh, from France. Definitely then, tradition. Yeah. You're going to see cowboy boots, cowboy hats. Um, and also we want to certainly mention that Texas actually has a history in viticulture as well. Yep. In the form of uh, T.B. Munson, who actually was a accredited uh, viticulturalist back in the 1800th um, century. Yes, yes. And uh, he's actually saved uh, um, a huge part of the old world um, vineyards uh, that were affected by the phylloxera um, disease by actually providing rootstock for those uh, vineyards and ship those back to Europe. Which are still being used today. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. 
Yes, because this disease, phylloxera, starting in Europe in 1892, and uh, we lost everything, vineyards everywhere in Europe. And uh, TV Manson, uh, Grayson, no, uh, Grayson, it just is um, working with a few uh, French guys on viticulture. And uh, it's just looking, because phylloxera, it's an insect in two parts. We have one, it's uh, living on the soil. It's a worm, and another mm -hmm. one, it's a kind of fly, and is living on the surface. But um, just when he's looking, he said, oh, something is strange, because uh, the parts growing on surface, it's growing in France for Pinot Noir, Syrah, Cabernet, a lot of variety grapes, but for everything, Phylloxera, it doesn't right to destroy the vineyards. But the roots were destroyed by the worm in France. And rivers here in the US, its uh, root was more powerful, but not the growing parts. And it just have an idea to graft the roots native here in Texas mm -hmm. for three different kinds. After it's technical, it's the name is Berlandiri riparia rupestris. It's a three different kind of roots growing here in Texas, in mm. this area. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I arrived here six years ago, we're looking for where we want to live in, and we decide to live in the woodlands. We're moving to the woodlands, you know, we have forest everywhere from to just the side of the woodlands park, blah, blah, blah. And looking at the pine tree, I said to my wife, wow, we have vineyards everywhere to the trees. I never realized it was the roots. It's a, this is the roots, Berlandiri, Riparia rupestris, we use for graft with Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. Cabernet, Sauvignon, huh. everywhere on the world. Oh, wow. And the roots come from here. From this area. Yes, it's very important what Alex said because it's bigger part for his story because we save everything. This guy save everything yeah. on the world. I just am fascinated by all of that. And I'm also fascinated by this event. Um, I did look it up after we first met. I looked it up online, and it is a huge celebration in Burgundy. Oh, I mean, yes. so, I mean, it just kind of picture old world, mm. the old world. I call them costumes. That's probably not attire. the right attire. Um, you know, the priest, there's, they're carrying a statue the, uh, of St. Vincent. They're, I mean, they're, and then once the blessing is over in an old historic old world church, then they kind of have this processional all mm -hmm. through town. And there are thousands of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a tourist attraction. So then coming back to what we do, we love having events and tourists coming into our community. And so having this event here with, as you mentioned, Alex, you know, the, the old world attire, but then with the Texas twist, with the yes. Texas <laughs> twist, you know, with the cowboy hats, the boots, the jeans, but, but yes. yet still this kind of old world yeah. charm to it. Mm -hmm with the priest and then kind of a processional over to the event site, then it's just kind of, I mean, I just think it's really neat and could really grab, you know, get gain some traction and become a huge event in the future. I mean, like you mentioned, um, Steve, you said that you've looked all over and there are wine festivals all over. Mm -hmm. I've been to a lot of them. Right. I've been to Fredericksburg. I have been to Grapefest and Grapevine. I mean, there's just a lot of, of wine events and, 
not just Texas, but all over. But no one has this kind of blessing of the wine, which I think could really be something fun because it's just a celebration. It's a, it's a, and then you've got, you talked about doing some other things and blending the wines and, exactly. and, you know, all, I mean, it could really get a bunch of other things going. But I love this tie in with, with the Texas rootstock, mm-hmm. you know, helping out in, in times of need. And I just think it's really kind of a, a fun event. And it, yes, it I'm is. ready. Oh, yes. <laughs> but we are on it. And now, uh, yesterday evening, we had a, a meeting um, to the place of Alex Place uh, yesterday with uh, groups of some Houston 112. And um, we are okay now. We set up a date, and uh, we're still moving. And uh, so, well, so now yeah. we need to have an honorable meeting together. Good. <laughs> yep. So stay tuned for more information on exactly. that. We will certainly yeah. be rolling all of that out. But um, but yeah, very exciting stuff. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more. We'll come, we'll bring y'all back to talk about that event mm-hmm. when yes. we we'll have more details on yep, that. Sure. I would love to, as our marketing, we've got some more time, don't we, yeah. Jody? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we, uh, at one of our marketing pillars, we, you know, we promote Conroe in this whole region for visitors to mm-hmm. come here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we identified several things in our community. Help me out, Jody. Great outdoors, arts, arts and, and culture, history, yeah. live music, food. culinary tourism. Yes. Culinary tourism mm. is a big thing. And and not just the restaurants, but obviously craft beverages in our community. I mean, we've got yep. um, several uh craft breweries, um, distillery, a, a whiskey yeah, yeah. and rum yep. distillery, and then a, a couple of meaderies. Yes. Uh, yes. Soon. We, well, <laughs> we found one that's been here and that I reached oh, really? out to, to get more information. So we, we were just uh, messaging to earlier this morning. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have some more information on that one. Um, but yeah, and then another new one coming in, the firm meadery is coming yes. in. Um, but, uh, wineries and and promoting not just the winery which we only have one in the city limits of conroe but but promoting as a hub kind of come here and you want to go check out what some of the wineries helping to connect that trail and exactly we we need some of these brochures in our office so we'll Mm -hmm. need to get a quantity of them so we can share them but you can find out more information on our new website we have built a sam houston wine trail piece onto our new website so that you'll really be able to see all of that Mm -hmm. um but let's talk a little bit more about what people can find at your specific wineries alex I've been to yours. Mm-hmm. It's got a small little event venue. It's nice. It's way out in the country. It's very quiet. And it's just really nice. You've got a little event venue out there, and then the wine is good. So Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're basically nested uh, within a pasture land of cattle fields, and uh, our neighbor has a horse boarding ranch, for example. So we are attracting people that want to come out there, have a good time, relax, um, enjoy sunset as well, and have have good wine and recompose, decompose, and uh, just enjoy enjoy the day. But also be on the tour, you see. So we also, we have a lot of people that are curious about the remaining members of the wine trail that are so, I mean, we are so diverse. And spread I mean, out a little bit. And spread out a little bit, too. So, and, I mean, the diversity is in almost everything. I mean, every single entity or winery has its own story. Yeah. I mean, a lot of folks actually entered into the wine industry 
as a second profession, for example, huh. like myself or so many others as well, um, you find diversity in the styles of wines, um, in um, the locations, obviously. What unites us, I think, is we have a lot of momentum going. And I mean, yes, we are young, that certainly helps, but there's a lot of excitement built within that family of wineries yeah. in the same use wine trail. And I think that's part of it also where, I mean, we are very, very excited to make this blessing of the wine yeah. a great reality and a great experience, not only for the participants, which includes the wineries and also the uh, vineyards. It's mm -hmm. an agricultural event, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, but also, yeah, for the consumer, too, mm -hmm. and for mm -hmm. the city of Conroe. Yeah, okay. yeah. So what kind of wines do you serve? So, I mean, since we are in, as geographically speaking, we are in Southeast Texas, right? Mm -hmm. So what goes really well, and you find that throughout the terroir, let's say, of the Sam Houston wine trail is the Blanc du Bois and the Le Noir, which is also called the Black Spanish. Okay. And you won't believe, I mean, how diversified and how many different styles of that specific, those specific grape varietals have been um, developed in the wine cellar and promoted throughout the different wineries. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, you can essentially do uh, vertical wine tastings um, and the majority of those wineries that we have. I mean, Steve, for example, has a very specific Blanc de Bois style. If you compare this uh, with, let's say, a Teixeira or Sandy Creek, they have a humongous variety of those so-called terroir wines. Mm. And that's what you find at our, our at Golden Oak um, microcellar. So we specialize, so we have Blanc du Bois on our vintage, uh, on our estate. Um, we also have a different grape varietal, which is called Kamenanoa. So this one is a brand new uh, grape varietal. It's actually developed by UC Davis and was released very recently, about a year ago. So we are really excited about the potential, let's say. It's a red grape varietal. So we don't know yet what the flavor profile will be, but what we certainly will know is it's gonna have the touch of the Texas identity and the Texas soil and terroir in it. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. And I love um, when you were telling us how you got your name of Golden Oak. We were there in the late afternoon, mm -hmm. and you can see that the sun kind of sets, and it's just really pretty. I'll, t I'll take you out there. Should I feel left out right now? <laughs> it is very nice out there and peaceful. I could I could totally see just yeah. And if you miss there. the sunset, you can still do stargazing out there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because mm -hmm. you're out in the country, so mm -hmm. it is very nice. And Steve, I haven't been to your place in Cold Spring, but I have been to the in Montgomery. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about about your place out in Cold Spring. Okay. Uh, in Cold Spring, it's a place, uh, it's a winery. It's a place where we made a wine. And um, before, I didn't have a vineyard. I just uh, made a consulting to the vineyards. And uh, after, I purchased the grapes for different locations. And I purchased the grapes in uh, Snook, close, close to Brian Cree Station mm -hmm. for Blanc du Bois. After, in Montgomery, for Blanc du Bois and Black Spanish Le Noir, and New Waverly for Blanc du Bois and Black Spanish Le Noir, and the last place, it's in Cold Spring. 
In Cold Spring, we have a vineyard just in downtown. It's not my property, but uh, this year now I rent the vineyards. Now I'm a full winery. We have wine tasting room in Montgomery and winery and vineyards. It's very important. And uh, in Cold Spring, it's a uh, it's nice place. It's just only for made wine, what I said. And But I use the same feeling what I did wine in France. But in Burgundy, perhaps you don't know, we have just only two variety grapes. We have Pinot Noir for red wine and Chardonnay for white wine. In France, before, when I had my estate, I produced uh, 14 different kinds of wine with just only two variety grapes. Because in France, we have a lot of appellation, different taste, because we, the terroir is very important and we take care for the terroir. And my goal here in Texas, in this part in Texas, I would like to start and create a map to explain this place is better for growing Blanc du Bois. This place is better for growing Black Spanish Lenoir. Why? Because this year I did what I explained. I have a lot of different places the grapes come from, but I did separately the vinification for each origin where the grapes come from. And after the wine, it's on barrels right now, starting maturation for a number of things. And when you test, you can now just to have idea this place is better for black Spanish Lenoir. Why? Because the soil is different, elevation, exposition, etc. And now I have idea. I know in Cold Spring is better for Blanc du Bois, growing Blanc du Bois. Montgomery is better for Black Spanish Lenoir. But I starting. Mm -hmm. And I love it because I use the same feeling, the same thing what I did Burgundy wine, but here in Texas wine. Mm -hmm. But Alex said, we have different winery, but what I explain every time, we have eight different winemakers, we have the same grapes, and eight person made eight different kind of wine. Right. It's the same thing for cooking. We have eight steaks in front of you, eight cookers, eight mm -hmm. different, and you taste your steaks, it's eight Everybody times different. Everybody puts their own little twist on it. Exactly, because we have experience, we have feeling, we right. have this, and we said, okay, it's a, I like this, and I want to do this. Yeah. And uh, Alex tastes very well, I taste very well, but we have different tastes, yeah. and you, and you, mm -hmm. and this is, it's, what I love. It's magic, you know. I love right. it. Yes. Me too. Mm. Field trips. I know. I'm excited to go need, visit now. We need to hit all eight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, just thinking, but in Montgomery, the wine tasting room, it's uh, another part for H wines because uh, what I said, I come from France, my part is Burgundy, and I made a lot of promotion for French wine. And to the wine tasting room, we propose 30 different kind of wine. Just perhaps, uh, yeah, 28 French wine come from Burgundy, and after mm -hmm. just only two wines come from Texas. But I try to do your education mm -hmm. because, again, we have a lot of feeling, a lot of things, different wine, blah, blah, blah. But it's very important I, we are here to take care of you for the your education for yeah, wine. Absolutely. Right. And absolutely. I think Texas also has a strong place in terms of the of viticulture as a whole. I mean, if you go up to the high plains in Texas, I mean, you can find almost every known vitis, vit, uh, vitis, vitis vinifera, vinifera. Uh, <laughs> grape varietal. 
in the high plains. Yeah, a lot, of, and in fact, a lot of wineries get their grapes from the high plains. So. Yes, exactly, right. because also, the weather is yeah. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, wonderful. Where can people get? We're running out of time, but where can people get more information on this wine trail? Do you have a website? Alors yes, uh, I had a website uh, for hy.hwines.com, and after we have a link with a Sam Houston wine trail. Perfect. Yes, you, you can go in and visit, and we have uh, somebody take care for promotion and advertisement. It's Tammy, and uh, Tammy, she did a great job. She just uh, made this uh, threefold. And after, uh, just to make a link for everybody for a different website for different winery. You can go and visit different winery, but we have a link for the Perfect. Sam Houston one. Yeah. And, and we will have that on our new website as well. We're yes. in the process of developing our brand new website, which will launch March, beginning of March. I keep yes. pushing. I keep Shana pushing it. it yesterday. Yeah. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> it takes time. We, but we do so have great. the information. It's so, so, great. People, <laughs> <yeah>. so <laughs> if people want information, of course, I mean, you can get to Blue Epiphany Wine Winery on our yes. website, our current mm-hmm. website now. And, and from there, you could get to mm-hmm. uh, the same Houston Wine Trail. Well, thank you, guys. Do you yes. all have anything else you want to share before we take a break? Mm-hmm. We will definitely have you all back. Yeah, we're looking forward to another opportunity where we would love to dive into more about the upcoming uh, blessing event. of the wine event. Absolutely. Absolutely. We logistics behind it. Yeah, we mm-hmm. will, when we have all of our details, all our ducks in a row, we will definitely have you come back and give all of that information because it is going to be something that will be a time for everyone to come out um, and, and enjoy and celebrate and um Anyway, it's going to be really yes. fun. Yes. So, so <laughs> let's, uh, Jody, look, you want to run through the calendar yeah. real quick? And so we just have a few events up here in Conroe. Um, of course, the Houston Money Show um, the coming up in January at the Lone Star Convention Center. Um, and then we have the Conroe Exotic Reptile and Pet Show. I won't be there. I don't know about that. Um, but it but might be kind of cool to see, yes. actually. Um, it'll be January 30th and 31st at the Convention Center, Lone Star Convention Center as well. And then the Owen Theater, um, they have one, their first play of 2021. And it's last of the Red Hot Lovers. I've heard it's good. I was reading the details, and it looks pretty interesting. I heard it's good. Anyway, uh, they'll be performing um, weekends January 22nd through February 6th. In the Crichton Theater, um, they're going to have the Odd Couple performing um, the weekends as well, February twenty second. I'm sorry, February twelfth through twenty eighth. I would just recommend if you're going to, if you have yes. plans to go to those, get your tickets early because they do have it spread out, limiting tickets, limiting seats, Correct. that sort of thing. So, um, if you're interested in those, check the websites and get your tickets early. Get them early, yes. All right, and then Pacific Yard House, they're opening up their live entertainment. Um, and so they're going to have Raisin Cane on the 15th and the Zach Walther Band on the 16th of January. So, Things are starting to pick back yeah, up again. get dinner and some entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. And yes. you can get all information on all of this on our website, yes. uh, visitconroe.com. You yes. can also uh, see what other events are coming up later on in the year. And if you have an event that you want to post on there, um, please do so. We utilize that calendar. Or to, for the radio show, for our social newsletters, media. for social media posts, all that sort of stuff. So absolutely check out visitconroe.com. Yes. All right. 
All right, so want to know about the local hidden treasures looking for things to do in Conroe? The goal of Keeping Up with Conroe is to promote all that Conroe has to offer to residents and to visitors. So tune in monthly. We are here live the second Tuesday of every month at 11 a.m. And after the show airs, we will post on podcast, YouTube, etc. So visit our website at visitconroe.com or follow us on social media. Just search at Visit Conroe and tune in regularly to Keeping Up with Conroe. Thanks, everyone. Bye.